Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash, they lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it has to the tell, dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin. Going around the table, Shane. I am Shane playing Alexander, the human bard. And John. Hello, I'm John. I play Illuminous, Elven Monk. And my cats are better than yours. <laughs> uh, no, you're wrong. Uh, negative wrong. inspiration, whole campaign. Uh, Blake. I'm Blake, and I'll be playing the Dragonborn Elder Knight slash Wizard Juliet, and my cats are the best. No question. And Hannah, tell me about your cats. <laughs> I'm Hannah. I'll be playing Talia the Human Rogue, and at least one of my cats is not an asshole, so there's that. <laughs> there's always that one. Oh yeah, yeah, he's 17 and stuck in his ways. He's a total asshole, but I love him. He's, he's sweet what he wants to be. <laughs> So the last time on Dungeons and Debacles podcast, um, you guys entered a room outside of Borscht Bonebreaker's tomb that was in basically two different planes at the same time. It was in the prime material and also the fire plane. Inside, uh, you met an Efreti who was trying to get into the tomb for a couple thousand years and was waiting on someone to show up to have the key. He granted you a wish in order to get the key. Uh, Adel jumped at it. He wished that he was invulnerable, and the Efreti interpreted that to mean that he would be animantine. So he is now an animantine statue, uh, much to the uh, the joy and laughter of Turin, the barbarian that's following you around. So uh, at this point, uh, you have used Borscht Bone Breaker's sword to open the lock to the tomb, and now you find yourselves outside the door after defeating the Efreti. So what do you want to do? Okay, uh, so I think a rest is in order. Didn't we already take one? Did we not take one? I thought we took a long rest, but I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you took a long rest after that fight. Good, 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 good. We'll say uh, it's uh, eight hours later. Uh, you've taken your rest. Everybody gets their uh, spells and uh, hit points back. And what about the exhaustion? Uh, the exhaustion has uh, that's been removed because after you kill that F ready, the uh, bleeding over of the planes has stopped. Good, good, good. Then I say we waltz in without a care in the world and just start peeing all over Bronebreaker's tomb. That seems a little excessive. Okay, let's just break things. Um, Much better. Okay, uh, there's also the the matter of you got Adel, who is now a statue. Oh yeah, let's yeah. see what let, let's uh, loot his corpse. How much gold does he have? 
don't think he Pretty had sure he any. divvied up his possessions already. Yeah, I, I don't know that he had any gold because he spent it all on uh, like uh, that armor and the war pick that he got, and he had to like sell a great sword in order to uh, afford it. Oh yeah. But uh, he does have that magical helmet. If no one else wants it, I will take it. It matches the rest of his armor, which I will also take. And since you're the closest thing we have to a meat shield now, yeah. Okay. Sweet. He also has a war pick and a shield. Neither of those interest me. I guess I'll take both of them since I don't really... I don't have like a one-headed weapon or a shield. I'm like so overloaded with garbage though. <laughs> well, we can always sell them when we get somewhere and put them on the cart with the rest of the stuff. <laughs> And possibly Adel, if we want to try selling him to a statuary. Yeah, I don't know that I would want that. Have it in your <laughs> tea garden. Well, you know, they, they, they do haunted houses and hell houses and shit, right? It could be considered avant-garde art. <laughs> yeah, an ant- adamantine statue of uh, uh, half-dwarf screaming in horror. And at this point, he's naked, so, you know, let's make everyone <laughs> awkward, right? Oh, yeah, that that would be weird. I'm sure he still has his like clothes underneath the armor. It's not like he's going in the nude there. You never know with Adel. Take his clothes and sell them. <laughs> Take him to fantasy I mean, goodwill. <laughs> I guess we should go ahead and make our way into the, uh, the good old room over there. I like that idea. Although we might want to be careful. This is the tomb of a great mage. An arc Ah, mage, mage. So uh, you approach uh, this door that's about 15 feet um, wide and about 12 feet tall. It's made out of uh, adamantine, and uh, it has runes and a likeness of uh, Borscht Bonebreaker with his sword on it. It is currently cracked where uh, you opened it uh, with the sword, and the sword is still in the lock. Uh, I will take the sword seeing as how I think it's unlocked so we don't need to I, I just want to keep this sword it could be useful and we want to make sure we don't accidentally get locked in oh right that's a good point <laughs> alright let's explore yes indeed let's go in okay so as you enter the room you'll see a dim magical white light coming from some braziers around the room The room itself looks to be carved from the obsidian of this volcano. Uh, The air is surprisingly pleasant and cool with no hint of musty grandma basement. Uh, There's a fine rug on the floor that extends from the door to a large open tome on an adamantine pedestal directly in front of you. It's about 40 feet from the door and the tome is about three feet wide and six inches thick. It slightly obscures your vision of a large adamantine sarcophagus behind it. There are dark wood bookshelves on either wall to your left and right with hundreds of books that look intact. The millennia doesn't seem to have touched them in this room. It's it's a dream come true. Well, look at all these pages. Uh, give me a uh, history check. Natural one. I got all these on Blu-ray. We're good. Natural one. Apparently I've been uh, studying you know, in my in my effort to, to learn how to read properly. Uh, you have, and one of the books that you've been reading is the uh, book that the our villains here 
got from the uh, Call of Mirrors house that had information on the saviors. And in your downtime, um, you've been reading the chapter on Borsh Bonebreaker. One of the things that stuck out to you was talking about how Borsh didn't really have a lot of natural talent for magic. And him being in this half-orc tribe, there wasn't really anyone to learn from. So one of the ways that he gained his power was when there was, you know, wandering mages coming through their territory that they captured back in the day because they were at that time in constant war with the uh, forces of Ruin Axis. Anyone who was a magic user was basically suspect. So any magic user that they would find, they would capture and Borsh basically confiscated their shit from that point, whether or not they were killed or not, probably depended on the circumstances, but he was basically just taking everybody, confiscating everybody's stuff. So you would think that nobody else in this half-orc tribe had use for this stuff. So it's probably somewhere. Hey guys, um, so uh, I was I was reading that that book, and I was reading the the chapter on Borsh. Uh, I I bet there's a bunch of magical stuff around here somewhere. Like in the book, it talks about how he would confiscate ma- confiscate magical stuff, and half orcs just don't have a lot of use for that. Typical authoritarian nonsense. But yeah, we should take it. Oh, Juliet's going to cast Detect Magic. I think that's a great idea, Talia. Let's see if we can find some magic in this room. You uh, cast Detect Magic, and basically everything in this room is magical, and it's kind of hard to figure out where the, the pinpoints of magic's coming from, just because, number one, the whole room itself appears to have some sort of enchantment on it, from the braziers and just residual magic coming off all these items is basically flooding this room. One thing that does stick out though, even with the background glow of this magic, there is like a Hollywood spotlight coming out of this uh, chest. You mean the sarcophagus? Uh, Yeah, the sarcophagus, I'm sorry. Loot chest. The real magic was in each of us all along. (laughs) Yeah, the real magic was friendship. Well, there's magic everywhere, but it's mostly coming from that sarcophagus. I'm willing to bet that's where we're looking, the item we're looking for is. Seems logical. I am going to uh, skirt the edge of the room, uh, trying to make sure that there's nothing crazy that's going to trigger on us. I would like to uh, do a check to see if I got any traps in my way. Give me a perception check. 22. As far as you've gone and you're kind of looking around the room, uh, looking for things that could be like obvious giveaways of traps, um, you're not really seeing anything. I call safe on my side. I'll, uh, I'll check out my side of the room. The left side of the room. Uh, give me a perception check. <laughs> That's uh, a seven. Ten. I have, I, have, I have a ten as a passive. Uh, well, this would be an active search because you're actively searching for something. Ah, well, then... Okay, so um, 
you start looking around and even though you haven't had a lot of experience with traps other than the ones that you've ran into since you've been with this group you're also not seeing any like obvious signs of like trip wires or pressure plates or you know weird holes sticking out of the floor or the walls or ceiling I don't see anything strange on this side Uh, I'm going to check out this bookcase though if that's a bookcase Uh, yeah there's bookcases on the left and the right you approach the bookcase and uh, it looks like it's just every shelf is filled with tomes and you are you know looking at some of the spines of these and some of them are written in common that you can understand and they have you know titles that are like arcane primer and you know somebody's name uh, every now and then and then there's some runes on them um, that you can't make heads or tails out of you think it's probably magical writing you're also seeing languages that you recognize that you've seen before but you can't necessarily read like dwarven and elven and halfling and that's basically what you see on the shelf so i'm just gonna kind of shout over my shoulder hey juliet i found some some uh goodies for you oh prince 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 so juliet are you going over to check out the bookshelf uh yes okay give me a perception check Hey, five. I'm rolling spectacularly today. <laughs> Actually, even with a five, you've still got the detect magic spell up, I take it? Uh, yeah. So as you approach the bookcase, you are going to see basically a magical glow coming off one of the books that's much brighter than the others. It's time to pluck that particular tome off the shelf and crack it open. Uh, what's what's the title of the book first? The title is called A Treatise oh, on Intellect. Interest. I have to crack this open. What is what is this? Are you going to start reading it? Uh, yeah, if uh, that's okay. Okay, so... No idea what's going on later. It's very annoying. <laughs> give me a uh, give me an investigation check. Say six. <laughs> um, so uh, you start reading this, and there's basically like a, uh, a, a preface to it, and you are reading through it, and a lot of it seems very like intellectual and archaic, um, but. Um, just glancing at it unless you spent more time with this book um, you don't know exactly um, what it's about huh well this book is too smart for me but it's magical so we'll keep it good eye Talia actually give me a uh, an intellect check say 16 okay so after you know reading about three pages of the uh, preface, uh, you kind of get the feeling that this is a book about increasing uh, your knowledge and changing the way you think to increase your intelligence. Ah, self-help book. Interesting. These won't be invented for another couple thousand years. Uh, Poor shrugged, huh? <laughs> Now that you know that, give me a... Uh, are you trained in Arcana? 
Yep. That's an eight. <laughs> Damn it, Blake. <laughs> I, I am trying to roll as high as I can, guys. You kind of think you've heard about something like this, but you're not quite sure exactly okay. like what it would do. I did identify a spell, so I will figure out what this does at another time. Okay. Uh, perhaps we should get back on track to our, our primary goal and then loot the goodies. Uh, was Shane, Shane, you were looking at stuff on the other side, right? Did you find anything? I was looking for traps. Uh, I can, I would like to roll a perception check to see if I notice anything off on the shelves. You start looking at the shelves and, um, the books are basically crammed in here. Some of them, it looks like it would take a little bit of effort to like get them out because they've been stuffed in here, but nothing that looks out of the ordinary. It just looks like a whole bunch of books and much the same as Talia saw, um, you know, the, the spines, you know, have much the same titles and written in the same languages and runes and such. Okay. Uh, I would like to use comprehend language, um, on myself and then try and, uh, go through the different titles of the books to see if anything stands out. As you are reading the books, um, it, it's much the same. Even now that you can read the languages that are in, um, you don't know, uh, it's still about the same. They, they appear to be, you know, treaties on magic. Um, some of them appear to be lore and history books, and um, some others uh, appear to have people's names on them, like archaic titles that you don't necessarily you understand the words, but you don't know what they mean in context. Okay. Get we get weakened at tensors. It's a good read. <laughs> <laughs> You would think it would take probably some time to uh, go through these books to figure out like what each one of them is. Okay, I would like to go towards the little book thing in front of the sarcophagus. Okay. Your movement catches Juliet's eye, and she's going to notice that there's another book on uh, the shelf that you were just at that has a, a, a similar brighter glow to it. I think there's another book over here. Uh, you guys want to open up that chest and I'll open up this tome over here? I would like to wait until you investigate what you're going to do, because who knows what's inside of this tome slash the uh, little sarcophagus here. All right. Juliet's going to pluck that particularly magical tome off of its perch. Okay, you pick it up, and the spine is written in Dwarven, and it reads Health and Fitness. Oh, it's both a book. Weightlifting for dummies. Good read. <laughs> Do you want to investigate further? Uh, yes. Okay, give me a uh, me an intelligence check. Would you like to know more? <laughs> an eight. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm rolling high today. Uh, much the same as that other book, um, it appears to be a treatise on becoming healthier and stronger. It's uh, some kind of dietary manual it's by this Martha Stewart. <laughs> uh, give me an Arcana check. 
Say 12. Like the girls keep on coming. <laughs> um, you actually have heard of this before. Um, from the, uh, the town guards, you know, sitting around John, um, you know, over dinner or the, the long hours that you would spend um, at a guard post with somebody else saying that, you know, there's rumors of magical items out there um, that could make you stronger. And someone saying that, you know, they'd heard about that and they'd wish they had it so uh, they could be stronger and, and swing a, um, a sword more mightily. Neat. This book makes you uh, stronger, I think. That's, uh, that's a weird statement to make. Uh, it's it's magic. It's complicated, and it's, I wish I knew how to write books like this. But you know, you want to go and toss it in my bag of holding, or do you have space? Uh, I mean, I guess I have space to hold all these books. Sure. Uh, who's got the bag of holding? I do, as always. Yeah, just throw them in there. We'll uh, we'll take a look at them once we've finished our uh, task here. I would like to investigate the tome. The tome in the tomb. Okay, you come up to the tome. None of the pages appear to be yellowed. Uh, There's no dust on it. Binding and the covers of this book uh, appear to be made out of adamantine. That seems excessive. (laughs) This is... uh, The pages themselves... Uh, would be really heavy, um, but it's made even heavier uh, by the binding. It's not thick adamantine. It's, you know, probably a little bit thicker than sheet metal. The tome is open to a page, right? What is on that page or pages? Currently, it is open to... Give me an arcana check. Ah, 12. Once again. (laughs) Based on the diagrams and runes and there's even figures of like hand positions uh you think this is a spell but you don't recognize it based on how complicated the instructions that you can kind of figure out get the gist of it um you think it's a pretty powerful spell well neat i wonder if these are the motions that are used in conjunction with sealing away ruin this might be what's his name Borscht's uh, spellbook certainly one hell of a spellbook that won't be wasting away anytime soon he does have a thing for adamantine <laughs> I, I mean plus the 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 size and the and the binding as uh, I guess as it would be gaudy I guess for anybody except for a half work uh, you think this would probably be his style racist <laughs> oh half orcs haven't changed in 2000 years they're always the same yeah. expect it better of you Kevin glad to disappoint you <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, I don't suppose this uh, sarcophagus will be easy to open no uh, you is don't... sarcophagus also made of adamantine oh yeah it's it's like awesome. you know this, <laughs> basically it would be the equivalent of the people who like really like gold stuff and they just like you know every piece <laughs> of jewelry they have is gold you know they got a gold toilet it's like my room in leopard print 
Don't worry, like we can make that silence a little more awkward. Um, yeah, I was going <laughs> to let it rest. <laughs> but seriously, though, is your room leopard print? My bed is, yeah. I have three leopard print uh, blankets. I got a... Uh, my covers are leopard print, and I, my pillowcases are leopard print. Wow, you must... Uh, it must be really popular with the ladies. Uh, you could say that. <laughs> if by ladies you mean his cats. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and uh, work on getting this thing open. I guess if we all shove it once, we might merely hurt ourselves. Before we go and sprain our backs, maybe there's a button. We could try that. Um, let's investigate y- this thing. All right. Um, how do you want to go about this? Uh, I, I'd like to check the uh, the perimeter of it, see if there's anything that looks like it might move. Catches, latches, buttons, and something that sounds like buttons. So, uh, are you just looking at it, or like rubbing your hands up against it? I'm just gonna look at it for now. Okay, uh, so that's a twelve. It is a twelve. You uh, start looking at this thing. The sarcophagus is about 12 feet long and 6 feet wide and 4 feet deep. It has runes carved all over the surface and on the top. And there's a likeness of Bonebreaker's sword recessed about 2 inches in the top. You're also going to see four slightly raised discs at the corners. Alright, I'm guessing the sword goes on top. As always. It doesn't hurt to try, right? Sure. So Juliet being the only one strong enough to move it, puts the sword <laughs> on the top. <laughs> yep. Does it just lay there? Um, are you going to take the sword and put it on top of the sar- sarcophagus in that? Uh, yes. Okay, give me a dexterity check. Nice. That'll be a 16. Nice. Finally got a good roll. You take the sword and um, you put it into this uh, recessed uh, portion on top of the sarcophagus. And you are going to see after you place it in the recessed portion that the four discs on either corner of the sarcophagus start to spin slowly till they get to about 180 degrees and then they're going to stop and drop slightly. I think it opened up or, or something. There's a clunk noise. There's a hiss from the overpressured air inside the sarcophagus. One thing Juliet does notice, and she's the only one since she has uh, detect magic up, is there was this magical glow about the sarcophagus that disappeared after uh, she put the sword in place. Well, whatever it did, uh, it took some magic away from it, so hopefully that was a good thing? A trap, maybe? That That's that's a sensible guess, yeah. Want to try shoving the lid off now? Sure. It was actually a ward. That's why I made you do the dexterity check, to make sure you didn't like brush up against it before the sword oh. <laughs> went in, uh, because you would have taken some pretty significant magical damage. <laughs> what are you doing now? We are going to try and shove the top off of this 
sarcophagus. Okay, uh, who's doing it? Well, Juliet's definitely going to. Alunidas will help. Cool. Okay, uh, so Alunidas uh, is going to assist. Go ahead and roll um, a strength check. That is an 11? Uh, no, um, Alunidas. Oh, okay. <laughs> My turn for a bad roll. Uh, so yeah, the that's a roll. negative one. So uh, he's he's not any help at all. And then with your uh, strength check of an eleven, um, you get it to move probably about an eighth of an inch, but it's not going anywhere. All right. Uh, do we have a crowbar or something? We have a barbarian outside. Let's get him to help. Yeah, what, what about that barbarian? And from the next room, you hear him say, What? Turin, we need your strength. Fine, fine. I'll be in in a second. I'm writing in my journal. <laughs> He's carving his name into fucking Adel. <laughs> you know, you have to keep up with your journal every day. <laughs> right now, the art piece is signed by the uh, by the artist. You can get more for it. Just a second. I'm just finishing up this last thought, and then uh, he'll come back into the room, and he's like, "Okay, what's so important?" Uh, this sarcophagus. We need it opened up. Uh, we we're hoping you could help with your berserker strength. Uh, you notice he's not paying any attention to you. He's like looking around at like all the books and stuff, and he's like, it's a lot of books. I'm sorry, what were you saying? Uh, the metal square. We need that open. Oh, okay. And uh, Rectangle. He uh, walks up to the sarcophagus and he stops for a second, and then he turns around and looks at uh, you, Juliet. He's like, this isn't dangerous or anything, right? It shouldn't be. We already touched it and nothing happened, so. Hmm. You're sure? I will help you lift the lid off if you want and put myself in equal danger. Don't worry, it's probably fine. Well, I'd I'd feel a lot better if uh, you went first. Okay. Eve ho. See how many ones I can roll in a row. Hey. Nice. What? Natural 20. Nice. Turin's going to see you, like, touch the sarcophagus. Um, the sarcophagus. And he's like, well, I guess it's okay. And uh, he starts to push on it. But by the time he can put any force on it, you're able to just basically rotate this thing out and away from it. And he was like, okay, well, thanks for listening to this jar of pickles. And <laughs> pushes his in. <laughs> uh, hold on. So, yeah, uh, he grabs the... Uh, the other end of this thing and then pushes hard and the uh, lid of this thing basically falls uh, behind the uh, sarcophagus and makes a, uh, a loud clang that echoes uh, throughout this room as the adamantine hits the stone floor. Well, that was easy. Let's take a look at what's inside. Door number one. So as you start to look inside the uh, sarcophagus, a ghostly figure of a large half-orc sits up and turns to look at you. He looks right at you, Juliet, and says, Who the hells are you? Why have you disturbed my rest? Oh, are you Borsh? 
Of course I'm Borsch. Who else would be in Borsch's tomb? George Washington. I know nothing of this Washington of whom you speak. Was he a powerful half-orc? Yes. He couldn't Never tell a lie, him. and he chopped down trees when he was very young. Well, who hasn't? But that still doesn't answer my question. Who the hells are you? Did you just wander in here? No, we, uh, we've heard your legacy, and we're trying to, uh... We have, you have an object that you've collected during your uh, illustrious time around, and uh, we're trying to locate it. Flattering gets you nowhere, boy, and I've collected many objects, but they're mine. So are you here to rob me? Aren't you dead? Well, we're all dead, technically. No, no, yeah, but not. aren't you, like, super dead? I'm definitely in an advanced stage of death. Yeah, now that I started thinking about it, I don't think this necessarily constitutes as a tomb. Tomato, tomato. Why are you here? You're here to rob me? Well, all property is theft, so... (laughs) Don't start with that communist bullshit with me, son. Um, you are essentially from another era. Do you mind having a discussion first? I... I'm actually interested in a lot of things. You can answer a lot of questions that I have. Sure, I guess I don't have anything better to do, but surely the history books have detailed most of my exploits of my life. Honestly, until like a month ago, I had never heard of you. <laughs> what? How could you have gone through life without knowing about Bosch Bonebreaker the Sega? Well, I mean, like, to be fair, I kind of lived on the streets and was an orphan and didn't really have an education, so that might have something to do with it. Ignorance is no excuse. Surely my deeds have been sung from tavern to tavern and in the streets. Most people think you're kind of just a legend. (laughs) Of course I'm a legend. Yeah, but like a fake one that you you tell your kids to, to teach them a lesson. Oh, he's, he's like, visibly, like, pissed off right now. If, I mean, if there was a way that I we could prove your legacy... Design. If there was a way we could prove your legacy to people, we might be able to bring your stories back as truth. I don't need to prove myself. I prove myself in life. Well, if that was the case, you wouldn't be so angry. <laughs> you think I need to prove myself to you, little girl? And at this point, he is going to stand up in the coffin, and then he, he's basically like cut off at the knees, and then just walks through the uh, sarcophagus out in front of you. Neat trick. Limitus is going to look into the coffin. <laughs> You're going to look in the coffin. Uh, yep. Well, he's standing there talking to Talia. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you look in the coffin, and you see a very well preserved corpse of a half-orc inside. Uh, He's not... He doesn't look fresh, but for someone who had been in this uh, sarcophagus for 2,500 years, uh, he's looking pretty good. Is he wearing anything fancy in particular? He is wearing some very nice uh, leathers. He's also wearing a cloak. Is the cloak covering him or something? Yeah, is he wearing a big girdle? I'm looking for the girdle. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to be more specific. Uh, yeah, he is wearing 
around his waist a wide leather girdle with a bronze like PBR rodeo champion type uh, belt buckle. I'll assume that means something to other people. All right. You don't know of the Paps Blue Ribbon Rodeo Championship? Nope. I know the beer, though. <laughs> All right. So, um, Borsch is uh, standing, glowering over top of uh, Talia. He is probably a good, like, seven feet tall, and he is just towering over you. Uh, sir, while I appreciate you towering over me, everyone towers over me. So, could you, like, if we're going to talk, could we, like, talk at the same level? That'd be great for me. <laughs> he says, fine. He's actually going to grab a hold of your arms. And at first, uh, his arms go through you, and then you feel them solidify. And he picks you up and pulls you right in front of his face. Thank you. I rarely get to see the world from this vantage point. The sass on this girl. I like you. Sir, I am starting to like you too. (laughs) And uh, he just starts uh, laughing. (laughs) The sass on this girl. The... I would say balls, but you're a girl. <laughs> and then he's going to drop you to the uh, floor. Give me an uh, acrobatics check. 14. Okay, so uh, you fall about three feet, and uh, you're going to hit the floor, um, not in the most graceful manner, but well enough not to like fall or twist an ankle. Well, sir, meeting you has proven to me that that your legends are real. But how can I tell your legends in a way that will that will prove to others that they are real because that might not matter to you, but being able to prove a legend is real would really bring hope to others. And how do you exactly propose I do that? I don't know. I was hoping that maybe maybe you had like something, something tangible. Wait. And you're going to see him glide over to one of the bookcases without, like, even, like, you know, like, reading through them. He grabs a large tome and uh, brings it over to you and hands it to you. Says, this is my legend. This is my story. Awesome. Thank you, sir. I'll, I'll take it from him and start leafing through it. But and he anyone says, can uh, write a book. And he says, uh... You're going to have to buy that. Uh, sir, just curious. What good do you have with money? Like, what, what purpose do you have for money? And he starts laughing. <laughs> that was a joke, girl. Oh, my apologies, sir. You just seem so serious. I Like, in all of your stories, you're just this stoic, stoic hero. And, and to find out you have a sense of humor just makes me so happy, sir. I don't know what stories you've been reading, but have you not heard the tale when I first met enjoying the saviors? No, I haven't. <laughs> they all laughed at me, said that why is a half-orc here? Surely he can't be powerful enough to be here. And you know what I did? Uh, I hope you're gonna tell me. <laughs> I wish that none of them would be wearing clothes. Oh my gosh, 
God. I thought it was a great joke. <laughs> then not so much. Well, it's it. I'm sure it was funny in the it, you know when they looked back on it, right? <laughs> Maybe, but I don't care. It was funny to me. <laughs> uh, did this this actually happen? And I'm gonna point to a page in the uh, a book. Of course it happened. It's written <laughs> down. Yeah, but I'd love to hear it in your own words. And I'm gonna start walking uh, this way to try to find a place uh, to settle down, and and hope that he follows me and, and tells me stories. <laughs> okay, um, he's going to follow you over um, to where you are, and he's actually going to like sit down on the ground, and even like sitting. Uh, on the ground, his head still comes above yours. I'll sit next to him with the book open and and just be like, "Tell me, tell me this story." Are you just like picking a page at random? Uh, I'm. I mean, I'm. I, I've I've leafed through it, and I, I'm going to try to find uh, what seems to be the start of a story. Guy, I don't want to tell that story. Why not? It looks like. Come on. No, no, no. That's that's. I I don't know you like that. <laughs> okay, uh, how about I'm going to flip back a couple pages to the start of what seems to be another story. He's going to take the uh, the book. He's going to look at that, and he was like, Oh, yes, yes. This was actually the final battle with Ruin. We were in Brown Meadow that day. And as the great, terrible worm Ruin, in her death rose, right before we banished her, she unleashed a great gout of flame to try to protect the rest of the saviors. I threw up a shield, which blocked most of the, the flame and protected them. But that's how I got these scars. And then he's going to take his uh, hand and rub it down the left side of his face. And uh, you can see how uh, part of his eye is like drooping a little bit where like the skin melted. He turns even further to that side, and you can see, like, this burn scarring down his face and his neck and arm. Oh, that looks awful. The cleric's could have healed it, but I wear it as a badge of honor. And I can see why. Yeah, because I'm a badass. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one day I hope to be as badass as you, sir. No, I don't know that that's possible. I'm the baddest of the bad. At least do my best to try. Do you happen to know what's written on my spell book over there? And Borsch takes his thumb and heaves it over his shoulder and points to the spell book behind him. What? Badass half-orc motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is pretty badass. I mean, you know. Hell's yeah, it's badass. So, uh, so the final battle of ruin. Tell me, tell me more about it. Like, it seems so epic that it, it almost seems, I, I've, you know, since I've learned to read, I've, I've tried to, to learn more about history, and it seems almost impossible what happened that day. <laughs> of course, it's one of the greatest battles ever that ever happened. It's one of the greatest tales ever told. That's probably the only reason why you still know about it all these, how long has it been? Uh, I think it's like 2,000, 2,500 years, something like that. By God, that's a long fucking time. I lose track down here. I don't know days or weeks or months. It just runs together. 
yeah, it's it's been a long time. That's kind of why we were surprised to, to see you so perky. I mean, it's been a while. Well, I don't get many visitors or have much conversation. It gets quite boring down here. I am so sorry. Uh, so tell me, uh, tell me about your favorite story. What is what is your favorite story about your about your adventures? I just told you it. The battle with Ruinaxis? <laughs> of course, it's the pinnacle of my life. The pinnacle of anyone's life. Why did it happen in the first place? Have you not heard the story of Ruinaxis? Has she been gone so long that people have forgotten? I mean, I've just heard the story of the battle. I'm I'm twelve, sir. Like. I'm 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 still learning. I literally just learned to read. So I haven't heard a lot of the stories, but I don't know why that happened. I would love to hear it from someone who was there. The tells say the reason why she was all pissed off in a huff in the first place. There was a group of adventurers who went to her horde to steal her riches. I mean, imagine the guts in those people to crawl into a ancient red worms cave and try to steal her riches and her gold. That, that does seem kind of bold. But that wasn't the reason why she was pissed off at the entire world. She would have just killed them. But as it happened, she was out hunting that day. And when they went in to get what measly portion they could of her gigantic hoard, they took something that probably the greatest folly of all mankind. They stole her egg. What? Yes, her a dragon's egg. That seems rather foolish. <laughs> the biggest fools of all time. What happened? What happened next? Did they did she ever recover the egg? Like or is it still out there? Well, they ran away never to be found and she almost tore the entire world apart looking for it. Of course she would, but mother wouldn't. <laughs> She's not any mother, boy, but regardless, if a mama bear comes looking for her cub and starts destroying a town, she has to be put down. Was her egg ever recovered? As far as I know, it was never found within my lifetime. I don't get a lot of news down here. Well, that's, that's, that's fair. You... Nobody gets to visit you. That's That sucks. Well, regardless, it doesn't matter. She'll never see that egg again because she's banished to the abyss. It's very true. But what if she came back? <laughs> she can't. But why not? She's a powerful dragon, isn't she? <laughs> as powerful as that worm may be, there's no way she could circumvent the magics that we unleashed upon her that day. I suppose that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so, or the entire land would be cinder. That sounds awful. Why didn't you just find her egg? <laughs> find an egg throughout all Suel. I mean, that's a classic needle in the haystack. Even with your powerful magics? Well, it's not like we didn't try. We tried to hunt these people down with what clues we had. Rewards were offered so high that if anyone actually knew who they were, where they are, even their own mother would have turned them in. 
What clues did you have? Just curious. Well, I don't know. I wasn't part of the investigation team. What do I look like, the town guard? No, sir. You are much more badass than the town guard. You're only linked to the past. So we need... We would... I would greatly appreciate answers. What do you think I've been doing, girl? Good point. I mean, I've been chatty Cathy over here. And I have thoroughly uh, appreciated you being willing to talk to us. I love hearing stories. Of course, I'm also a great storyteller, other than being a powerful mage. My mama always said I should have been a bard. And I I bet you would have had the best stories. Uh, So who was your favorite savior? (laughs) Me, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Anyone else that you were, like, close to, or...? I wasn't really close to any of these people. They were more... Not friends. More like workplace proximity associates. Oh, I see. In the stories, you always seemed like you were like besties. Oh, no. (laughs) I always considered myself the bad boy in the loner. Nobody really wanted to hang out after the whole wishing their clothes away thing. Oh, yeah, that would... See, I would think that was hilarious, but that's just me. Did you have, like, a favorite weapon, or...? Uh, yes, my sword. Where... where is my sword? And he's gonna walk over to the sarcophagus and notice it's not in the, uh, the sarcophagus with him. I noticed a, a sword-like object on top of the sarcophagus. So, uh, he pokes his head behind the, uh, the lid and sees it, and he's like, Oh, there it is. Yeah, that was, uh pretty devastating hunk of metal. Did you have any other favorite gear? Uh, other than the sword, probably my magical item that caused the master's stroke to be struck against ruin. My girdle. Ooh, where's that? I'd love to see it. Well, I'm wearing it, of course. Wait a minute. I thought you forgot your girdle and died a horrible, painful death to some kid. I don't like to talk about that. Thanks for bringing it up, dick. But as you can see, I'm wearing it. How did you die? I said I don't like to talk about that. I'm sorry, just... You're awesome. I'm just curious. I'm sure it was probably, like, old age or doing something awesome in battle. (laughs) Old age? Well, the stories are never really clear about how old you were. Young enough not to be bested in combat. I see. So why are you still here? Not, like, in one of the afterlife places. (laughs) That's a great question, isn't it? None of this matters. The afterlife is a lie. Cord is a lie. All the gods are lies. If Cord does exist, he's forgotten me or punished me in my hubris for creating that damned girl. If so, he's petty and vindictive. I fought and defeated Ruin. It was the greatest battle that ever has been. All these years later, my tale has been told. I've proved my might and courage, and this is my reward. Who is more deserving than me? You've heard my tale, have you not? Otherwise, you wouldn't have been here. Hey, so if you're not using your stuff, can we take it? (laughs) What? Well, I mean, you're not using it, right? And it sounds like it's causing you nothing but grief here. If you're really being punished for it. 
perhaps if you gave up the girdle cord would let you into the Summerland. I... I don't know. I kind of feel that that girdle has trapped me here. Yes, that boy defeated me in combat all those years ago, but does nothing else matter in my life? When my deeds washed away because of losing in that one fight? How can that be? If you'd like, we could take this burden from you, and, and hopefully you could move on to the Summerland and tell your tales to those who gone before you. That may be... But I don't know. I don't think there's anything else but this plane. All the promises of rewards and gods are honeyed lies. Power is fleeting in the end, and it doesn't matter. We are all meat, and when you die, your flesh will rot, and then you will be trapped here forever as a ghost. Well, I guess, except for me, I left one good-looking corpse. It does look like it has for like 2,500 years. I know, right? <laughs> and uh, he actually goes over and uh, he takes his like finger. He's got like this uh, top knot on his head and uh, you see him like kind of like smooth his hair down but uh, his hand just goes straight through the corpse. I'll, uh, I'll go over and smooth his hair down for him. He's like, thank you. That's been bugging me for at least a thousand years. Anything for you. <laughs> and uh, he actually, like, turns at you, and he has, like, this look in his eye that's like, aww. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, let us, let us take the burden of the girdle. It sounds like it's keeping you here, and maybe if we take it, you can move on, and you can see the Summerlands. I don't know that it'll help. I think you hot whatever little patch of earth you're on when you die. Fine. Take the girdle and go. Leave me to the rest. Can I take your, your journals with you? Or with me, rather, so that I can uh, spread your stories? Some of these have never been told, I'm sure. Uh, he says, uh, I don't care about anything in this room. Take what you want. Thank you for sharing your time with us, sir. And I'm going to grab the girdle before he changes his mind. Uh, okay. Juliet, grab the sword. We'll need it to get back out. Uh, hold on. Before, uh, we go, I... I know your faith has been shaken, but... We found this, uh, outside of your tomb on some of your friends, I would guess. And uh, Juliet's going to pull out a holy symbol of cord and place it on the sarcophagus. You know, sometimes you just need a little faith. He looks at it for a while. You can see, even though he's a ghost, you see like a tear stream down one of his eyes. And he says, thank you. All right, well, we will be on our way. Juliet's going to reach behind the sarcophagus, take the sword, hand it to Lunadas, take the book... Uh, the, the thick as hell book, uh, his spell book, presumably. He says, please tell my tale. I will. I will tell everyone I know. Thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to go over and try to give him a hug. You go over to give him a, a hug and your arms pass through his waist. And, uh, he takes his hand and like tries to pat your head and his fingers go through, uh, your head and you feel like really weird for a second as there's like a tingling on your head. I've grown fond of you, little girl. 
I've grown fond of you as well, sir. And uh, you you see him like uh, try to walk away uh, a tear, but he's like turns his head, like uh, he's trying to act like he's not crying. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> and he says, "Go now. Leave me to my rest." Rest well, sir. That's good. And I'm going to start walking out. Uh, are you going to take the girdle? Oh yeah, no, I, I have the girdle. Okay, so you unbuckle the girdle from around his waist and pull it out of the sarcophagus. As you pull it out of the sarcophagus, you see him look to the sky. He fades away as this bright light peers from nowhere out of the sea. Interesting. Wow, that actually worked. Good job, Talia. I didn't realize. I was making all that up. I was hoping he would suffer forever for what he'd done to ruin. Damn. Aw, he was funny. All right, so you're taking his tome, you're taking the girdle, you're taking the sword. Do you want to inspect his corpse? Yeah, yeah, totally. Even in the the minute or two since he disappeared, you're noticing that his corpse is starting to decay rapidly. But on him, you see that he's wearing um, some fine uh, brown leathers and a dark brown cloak. And his hands are crossed on his chest, and in one hand is a dark metal rod. Oh, they're not I mean, okay. You're probably mad. I, I'm. I'm not gonna like strip him naked, but I'll take the rod. Juliet has no uh, problems stripping him naked and taking all the shit. <laughs> okay, yeah, take so, it all. Uh, so you taking the uh, the leathers and the uh, cloak? Yes, absolutely. All right. Let's see. What else uh, are you doing? We need to take the sword so we can get out of here. Yeah. We have the sword. Three books, sword, and cloak, and rod, and girdle. The tome thingy that he has. Uh, I think that's it, right? Uh, Any books that seem like they might be magical? Unless we got all of the books that seem magical. There's plenty of uh, books on these shelves that uh, appear to be kind of magical in nature that you think are maybe like uh, spell books that uh, Borsh may have uh, confiscated from uh, people. Alright, open up that bag. We're just going to shove the entire library into it. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, is that something you're doing? Unless anyone wants to stop me. Uh, can I'm like running down the aisle. Hold that you start shoving all these books into the bag of holding We'll say it probably takes you about 30 minutes to pull them all off the shelves and stick them in the bag. But you got them all. And there doesn't appear to be anything else of interest in this room. Going to be a whole bunch of enchanted porn in there. (laughs) (laughs) Hot, steamy, half-orc on (laughs) half-orc. And I think that's probably a good place to end it right there. (laughs) thanks for listening to another episode of the dungeons and debacles podcast if i could ask a halfling size favor give us a five-star rating and review on itunes it's the best way to support us new episodes come out every monday so make sure to check your podcast app do you have an idea to make the podcast better tell us about it on twitter or facebook you can also check out our website to see all the maps lore and characters at dungeonsanddebaclespodcast.com And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. After a long day in the fields or the mines, all you want to do is visit the tavern with your mates and relax. You need an L that won't fill you up, 
or empty your purse. Ask your barkeep for a Conley Light. It's made by Master Dwarven Brewers with the finest ingredients from the Plains Nation. It's a refreshing crisp ale that will quench your thirst. And you can feel good about drinking tankard after tankard without that full feeling you get from other L's. So you can keep going all night. For better times at a better price, Conley Light. The music you heard on this episode was Rights by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons License 3.0. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.